Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time AFL Podcast, January 2024. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who was very concerned about Sam Mitchell's illness in New York over Christmas. It's Adam Rosenbachs. G'day, Michael. G'day, Junk Timers. Happy New Year to everyone out there. We kick off another fantastic year, our 10th year of Junk Time 2024. Oh my God, it really is. Sheesh. I know. Holy fuck. (laughs) <laughs> if you think about where we started, Michael, we started with Travis Cloak and his big silver balls and not being able to make it to the Melbourne, Melbourne show. show. We talked. I think our first year may have been uh, Ken Hinckley's first year at Port Adelaide. Uh, 2014, they played Port, played Hawthorne in the prelim that year. I think that might have been the first year. I feel yeah. unless he might. I think he might have played, might have done 2013, but I might be making that up. Anyway, go on. Okay. Well, I, as we start the new year, I am very concerned because Sam Mitchell was struck down with pneumonia while he was in New York on a fact-finding tour, as many of the coaches are doing. And I felt absolutely terrible for pneumonia, who had to spend time <laughs> stuck with Sam Mitchell. And you just hope that pneumonia is coping okay. Like, has it completely ridded itself of Sam Mitchell? Sure. Is it clear of itself? Has it done the test? Has it had the relaxation and recuperation that pneumonia needs? Because no one wants to be riddled with Sam uh, Sam Mitchell over the Christmas break. Like pneumonia probably couldn't, you know, visit its family. Yeah. It's like, hey, I don't want to come over. I've got Sam Mitchell. <laughs> Do you think pneumonia got a little knee in the thigh as well from Sam Mitchell? Absolutely. That's how it first knew it. Pneumonia was just standing there talking to its friends and then bang, it goes down. It's like, fucking hell. What was that? I've got a corky and I'm pneumonia. I've never had a corky before. (laughs) And then when pneumonia went to get it shot Mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, uh, clear itself of Sam Mitchell, Sam Mitchell did a little bit of fucking, uh, who's getting the old jab? Doing the jab sign, did he? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I just hope that pneumonia is well and uh, looking forward to a strong 2024 of being able to infect other people and hopefully that it has completely rid itself of Sam Mitchell from its body. He had a rough go of it. I think Sammy uh, also not only was in hospital in New York, which would actually put the fear of God into you by the fact you go, what kind of um, travel insurance do I have? And yeah. you, um, immediately, even if I went into an American hospital just to get a Band-Aid, I'd already be you know, doing the sums in my head. But yeah. then on top of that, I think he had his passport stolen as well. So it was a big, uh, a big trip for Sammy. So you're telling me that a, a Sam Mitchell could be uh, doing nefarious things under <laughs> the passport of Sam Mitchell? No, you're right. Yeah, there could be, there could be someone out there... Um, uh, living a double life as Sam Mitchell. I mean, we actually we actually don't know <laughs> if the real Sam Mitchell is actually back at Hawthorne coaching. It could be it could be an American guy who's like taken over his life, his identity. Well, you say American, but who would be stealing uh, passports? I'm putting it to you that there is now 
a Russian-looking Sam Mitchell yep. currently out <laughs> coaching at Waverley. At <laughs> Waverley. Yeah, and he's taken over. Like, he's already uh, annexed all the houses that back uh-huh. on yep. to Waverley. Yep. No, it's, 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 all, it's all working out perfectly fine. It's worked out mm. a treat. Um, have you ever been to... Are you, oh, you've been in hospital in Bali, haven't you, when you had a nut allergy uh, reaction? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The only time that I've ever had any kind of issues when I was in America is I was in New York and I went for a run and I had my headphones Dude, in. you're on a holiday and you're going for a run. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. Mate, this rig just doesn't happen by itself, Michael. <laughs> Takes many supplements from Stephen Dank. Yeah, that's right. That is absolutely <laughs> right. Do you not go for runs when you're on holiday? I don't exercise when I'm on holiday. No. You don't exercise full stop. But also at the same time, my rig doesn't just happen by itself, mate. <laughs> it's God's gift. It's, yeah, no, that soft doughiness doesn't happen from running. <laughs> Thirty-two inch waist, mate. Ever had had the same uh, waist since eighteen? So don't worry about it, mate. Okay. That oh, that's quite incredible. Pretty fucking impressive. Okay, go on. Yeah, so I was out for a run in New York, and I think I was running along, I think it might have been either 1st or 2nd Avenue. I think it was 1st Avenue, which mm-hmm. runs north-south. And um, I was running along, had my headphones in, and then all of a sudden just got crashed into from behind, like a Sam Mitchell dead leg, into my back. And what had happened is this cyclist was riding along to overtake me, and some guy had opened his door and doored the cyclist, who then flipped into my back. Oh. And like landed really heavily on my ankle and I couldn't walk. And then the fireys and the ambos rocked up and they just gave me like a cold pack and put that on my leg and just sent me on my way. Yeah. So you didn't actually have to venture into a hospital? Uh, no, no. I was actually lucky enough. And I actually thought that there'd be a charge for the fireys and the ambulance rocking up. But I guess they were there for the cyclist who got absolutely crushed. So when you went to Bali and you had your nut allergy problem, Mm. Um, so just to just to recap, what we were the end of twenty start of twenty fifteen. Um, yeah, I would have thought. Yeah, went to Bali for Limo's wedding, friend of the show. Adam mm. popped a nut down his gob accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and being highly anaphylactic, I ended up in hospital in Bali. So, did you have to pay for that? I had health insurance. Yeah. So I sorry, I had travel insurance. So okay. if I didn't have that, I think the bill for the one night was around three and a half grand. Oh wow. Yeah, so if you're in Bali uh, and you don't have travel insurance, what I would highly suggest is uh, if you are going to get on your scooter after about 50 to 70 yeah. bin tanks, pop a helmet on. Yeah, no, do yourself at, at least look after yourself before you fucking roll into a ditch and people find you two days later. I remember going to uh, London for Christmas in 2019, just before COVID kicked off, right? So we um, And I also went to Venice and, um, and Rome. And uh, the, the, the flight center travel insurance I got, they actually said to me, because uh, he got Italy, he said this, uh, this travel company, that the, the insurance company, they actually don't think Italy has a good enough hospital if you get properly crook, like they rate the hospitals. So he yeah. said, if you do get properly crook, like let's just say you get, you know, you broke your back or something. <laughs> he was like, they is that come under the list of properly crooked, uh, broken back? It's up there. He goes sore throat, broken back. But he said, <laughs> yeah. he said, this travel insurance will fly you to like another com- country to get treated because they don't believe Italy has a strong enough um, hospital to look after you. Which made me think, you know, how Italy was one of the first countries when COVID kicked off that kind of yes. first hit really hard, and that made me kind of think, oh, maybe it's because they've got a rubbish health system is one of the reasons why. Uh, it, it hit them so badly. 
There you go, uh, Junk Timers. Yeah. Michael absolutely teeing off on the Italian health system. <laughs> you weren't expecting <laughs> Come that. at me. What do you think of this, though? Uh, so you mentioned that you're still size 32 waist and have been since you're 18. That the AFL record has come out and not put any of the players' weights in their um, player profiles. They're not putting weights anymore. I actually listened to my, uh, Max Gorn the other day on the radio on Triple A's Marty mm. Shugold show, and he was talking about... Is Marty a friend of the show? I don't think Marty's a friend of the show. But uh, no. one day. But um, he uh, was saying that he they've been printing the same weight since his first year. Oh, so they don't actually know what his no. weight so is. No, so he's like, you don't, you don't jump on the scales and you know yeah. each year because the, the, the record needs your weight. And mm. then he also said, actually, it's a bit more... Um, uh, oh, clandestine, for lack of a better word, now in terms of how weight is treated, like in the back day, back in the day, like your skin fat folds. Club. Yeah, fat clubs are no longer a thing. Skin folds would be, you know, shared around the club. And he said nowadays, like maybe like two people, no more skin folds, and you know your weight is very much treated like a very, you know, a personal thing. You know what? I call absolute fucking bullshit and spin <laughs> on that thing, right? Because if you come back and you've had a pretty good off-season, yep. right? So you've gone to Bali, you've just sat at the swim-up bar and you've just powered down on your bin tanks. Just you've chucking nuts up. down willy-nilly. <laughs> nuts are plenty. You've just club sandwich after club sandwich yep. and you come back. Are you telling me that the coach... As he watches you huff and puff your way around, <laughs> one lap goes, oh, I, I don't know his skin folds, therefore I will not pick on this one person yeah, who's sure. waddling around the boundary line. We're probably a long way from the days of um, uh, Fitzy, friend of the show, Ryan Fitzgerald, uh, his story about going into the <laughs> club rooms when he got to the Swans and Tony Lockett was holding up the bat at the SCG because he just hit 100 with his skin folds. <laughs> Which actually makes me wonder, like, what are skin folds? Like, how... How? What do they do? Have you, have you ever had to have one? Or yes, I have. Oh. I, I think when I first joined the gym, they had the calipers there, and so basically they just do. It's like a pinch test on the back of like your triceps, and then uh, like your stomach. And I tell you what, when they grab your stomach, one, it's not a, it's not a no. good feeling because no. you know the more fat you can grab, you're like, ah, oh, that's. That's not great. Yeah, sure. So, so I don't feel good. So how how high? So they then like of those, th- say four or five places, they then add that yeah. up to yeah. a total. But why not like why not do the forehead? Like my forehead is taut as no, it's like looking if you good, do man. There, no, yeah, mate, it's no skin fold there. No, for sure, not not an inch to pinch. <laughs> no, not at all. But it was interesting after that uh, revelation came out that they weren't putting the weights in the players. Um, uh, next to the players in the AFL record, Dane Swan came out and posted one of the things because obviously Dane Swan um, was often called overweight during his playing career, and the back page of the Herald Sun just had the headline "Fat Chance." Really? Yeah. So he was like saying it was a bad thing they're not putting the weights in. Well, yeah, he kind of enjoyed it because he was like, it used to motivate him and he played really well when everyone said that, you know, he was supposedly overweight. Sure. And, and some players just perform better, like like you said, plugger. No one was ever going, hey, mate, we need you to drop down to this or else you're not playing. Or even Shane Warne. Like, he got yeah. fit, like, what, 10 years after he retired? Yeah. Or not, I mean, maybe a bit less than that. But it was like, it was kind of like, I don't know, maybe a bit of, a, well, I mean, for plugger, definitely, like, it's very hard to move a bloke who's 110 kilos, right? 
If he got down to 110, sure. Yeah, dude, I remember playing in my amateur days back against, uh, I can't remember the club now, but there was a dude who was literally, I, I reckon he would have been pushing 150. Like, he was a yeah, right. big fucking unit. And just just the idea of, like, you know, every now and then, you you know, he was a forward. He couldn't move much, but he could kick yeah. it a long way. And just the idea of uh, a couple of times I had, did have to contest with him, and you just couldn't. You couldn't do anything. <laughs> like, literally, just was like, just have it, mate. Just have it. So maybe maybe in the footy record, rather than putting their weights, they can just put like a bit of a donut and a wink next to that, you know, <laughs> just, to, just to go, come on, we know. Because <laughs> eh? like Shane Mumford, like who are you kidding? The bloke, yeah. his nickname is Sausages. Yeah. And we all saw, I mean, you know, although having said that about Shane Mumford, we do know that he did occasionally like to suppress his He appetite. was committed to <laughs> appetite. <laughs> So perhaps maybe he didn't put on the weight and we know how that he kept it down. If anything, that was part of his training regime. I mean, no one yeah, should, no one should have been fussed about that video. They just go, no, he's looking after his body. Yeah, exactly. That guy's not putting on it anyway <laughs> over the off-season. Uh, dude, so how's, uh, how's the summer been? Oh, we haven't been here since about November, I think, when we last did with um, Craig Coombs for the, um, the draft. It's been a while, Adam. No, mate, we talked about uh, Ricky Nixon, who's been um, summoned to court and then they realised that he didn't have to be in court, yep. so that's kind of uh, fallen apart. We talked about, uh, don't forget, Warwick Kappa's got a new business venture out in Oakley Small that we Small business about, owner, so. yeah. Yeah, so we, we've, we've talked about the big issues. Ah, uh, Ricky, I don't know how much we can actually talk about it, but I want to turn the tables on the people who bought the footballs. Yeah. So if you... Somehow, okay, you've, you've most likely stumbled across a Facebook post, okay, from Ricky Nixon. Yep. That's probably what yep. you've done, okay. Although, do you think, so maybe it wasn't connected to him, so maybe you got on eBay and looked up, because it was Melbourne Premiership Football Merchandise mm. Signed. That's what your yeah. search has done. And then these absolute bargains have come up. Uh, bobbing up, yeah. Yeah, just, and then I'm you've seen that, and even you've noticed you've gone like, oh, they've got the wrong number next to Charlie Spargo, but maybe just in the in the excitement of winning the flag, he forgot what number he had on his back. Yeah, and there are... And you go, I'll buy it anyway. And they're a burly. Like, yeah, yeah, and then you realise Max is spelt wrong in Max Gorn and yeah. just little things a like that. And it's got the wrong weight next to Max Gorn's number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, something's not right here. <laughs> but I'm just curious of these people. Like, if, if any of them at all knew... If it any if the presentation whatsoever, it showed that Ricky Nixon was somehow connected <laughs> to it, yep. and these people still went ahead and spent the money to buy these footballs, then I feel like that's that's clearly on them. Like I feel like the the court should not be involved at all. That you should yeah. go and make a complaint about that to the cops. I paid a grand for this yep. Melbourne football. It's clearly got the wrong people. It's like so someone's written the names with their wrong hand. Yeah. If I was a cop at the cop shop and he said, and by the way, uh, Ricky Nixon was the perpetrator, <laughs> I think the cop should go, okay, you're clearly a fucking idiot and yeah, you should just yeah. go home and worry about your own life because you yeah. are not worthy of fucking even earning a grand to pay uh, for yeah. a football. And so we're not going to waste the court's time yeah. or ours. No, we're not going to waste the, 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 the time of a judge. A good yeah. judge. Do you, do you think that there's someone sitting at home with their fake Melbourne Premiership football who also got vaccinated by Ricky and just sitting there going, <laughs> well, I don't know what the fuck I got injected <laughs> with. Like, I, I have no idea now. Like, I think I've made a mistake. Damn. Like, Pfizer was spelt with two Fs. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. You've, yeah, you've... Oh, anyway. 
Okay. Hey, Adam, can I tell you about my comedy festival show? Please. Mate, Michael. I'm coming back again next year. I'm going back to back this year. Melbourne International you. Comedy Festival. It's Michael mm. Chamberlain's completely incomplete history of Australian rules. Eight shows, Saturdays and Sundays during the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Eight. Eight. Look at you stepping up. Last year, mate, I could only do four due to my work schedule. This year, I managed to move a little bit, move a few tables. I'll get somebody mm. to replace me for a few hours while I head off and do my little concert, and then I come back to work. I'm going to do morning shift, and then I'm going to go off to do my concert. Then I come back up and do afternoon shift, and then I'm going to fucking hate everything. Um, but that's the adventure. Michael Chamberlain's completely incomplete history uh, of Australian rules. Our tickets can be found at trybooking.com. And I saw the show last year, and it's fucking a, a rollicking ride of AFL and its history. And there's, um, yeah, it's fantastic. It was really fun. I really enjoyed it. So, any, any updates to the show? Anything? There will be some updates. I want to talk about the 1916 Premiership season. Uh, there were only four teams in the competition that year. And okay. uh, Fitzroy won. And no spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah. Anyway, it's the only time a team's won the flag from last. Okay. Mm. All right. Yeah, I mean, that would be really tough to do these days, wouldn't it? It would be tough to do. And I won't tell you who they beat in the grand final. But okay. uh, it's a club that is a strong affinity to your heart. And it's a club that finished eight <laughs> games clear on top. And so I was clearly taking bribes back in 1916. How dare you say that <laughs> Carlton would do something a little bit shady. Tickets available at Tribal can get on at Junk Timers. You're going to love it. Now, the uh, the Giants, Michael, they're looking to expand beyond yeah. Greater Western Sydney, which I fucking absolutely love. They're looking at playing games in San Francisco and LA. And you know what I love about this, Michael, is they've gone, you know what, sure, we might get... 2,000 people mm-hmm. out at the Beanstalk. But that doesn't phase us. No, no. We're going to look beyond that yep. and take it to a nation that couldn't give a flying fuck about our game. Yep, we want to get 200 people in San Francisco. <laughs> so they are looking at that. So apparently they're looking at cricket grounds. So it seems like they're not targeting like the major stadiums and the like, which is fair enough. Um, but no. they're, they're, And there would be a... Recu- also, LA and San Francisco, the homes of cricket. Well, that's the thing, obviously. You know, I mean, yeah. we all, we all uh, watched with anticipation when Australia took on the USA in the final of the uh, mm. One Day World Cup this year. It was an yeah. incredible spectacle. Who doesn't love the SFCG? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favourite grounds. Now, I don't, actually don't mind this idea. Actually, and I, I feel like it's just a bit of, uh, you know, having a, having a crack, Adam. They're having a crack. Yep, now I'm yep. not sure why the two t- why those two particular towns have been picked, but that's okay. But then also on top of that, I mean, well, I imagine okay, I imagine they're being picked because they would be the closest and quickest flight. So if you uh, yeah. play in New York, you're fucking you're dead for two weeks when you come back. Yeah, like, sure. Fucking they, you know, they'll have to play their next game at two in the morning when they're wide awake, going fucking hell, I can't sleep. Yeah, sure. And I, I'm, I mean, I'm picking maybe like the San Francisco. Is that maybe a Giants? They've got a Giants as well. Oh, they do. Yes, they do indeed. Their baseball team is called the Giants. Yeah. Well done. So the NRL playing at Vegas uh, this yes. year. So I think they're playing yep. two games there at the ma- yep. at the at the big stadium, like the proper big stadium, um, where the Raiders play. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. I'm actually quite curious, actually, how much they can pack it out. Um, but I uh, I think they want to do it maybe in like that round one because now how round one might be a bit different now this year. It's like four games at the top, I think. And Isn't then there a round zero followed by a round one? Isn't that what they've called it? I think it, yeah, it's just going, round, we've yeah, fucking so yeah. split so think, it up, you know. So is it, is it Richmond Carlton as well kicking things off or? No, Carlton Brisbane actually. Okay, okay. 
Gotcha. Yeah, so round zero, and then Carlton, I think, play Richmond in round one proper. Gotcha. Okay. However that fucking works out. And it's like Melbourne, Sydney or something like that as well. They're all in the northern states because I think what the AFL's thinking is that uh, there's no NRL in the northern states in that week, so they're going to get in there. Gotcha. And what will happen is bolted on, rusted on NRL fans will go, well, there's no NRL here. I will... Fuck that off for the rest of my life. And now, because the AFL is here this week, I am now an AFL fan. So this is a great idea from the Giants because they're going to have like 120,000 members. You know, now that Penrith and Parramatta (laughs) won't be playing that weekend, they're fucking on. Like Penrith will be spewing that, you know, they've won, what, three flags in a row. It doesn't matter because now they're all Giants fans. I tell you what, that is actually remarkable uh, thinking from... Andrew Dillon. Mm. I mean, you have to put have to pat Mate. him on the back. He's come in yeah. immediately, mm. and he's just mm. with one, this one swift move, he has yep. immediately converted about mm. 1.5 million New South Wales and Brisbane and Queensland Incredible. fans. Incredible. May I mean, I mean that kind of that kind of thinking is what we needed when Gil was around. I mean, I'm yeah. I hate to criticise Gil. I mean, he's a tall man. He's a beautiful man. He's got a yeah, uh, slim waist, good sticking folds. But Andrew Dillon has come in and just one one move. Has I do find that fascinating that stuff where they go oh there was no game in no rugby in in Brisbane on the weekend we should have had an AFL game and you go yeah. do you really think like that's how it yeah. fucking works <laughs> like, well I feel I feel for the NRL players so they they are over in Vegas right so they play a the couple of games over there they come back to Sydney mm-hmm. right and then they play their second game and there is no one there. Because they all are now AFL yeah, fans. Yeah. And you go, like yeah. Israel Folau, Carmichael Hunt, they were way ahead of their peers by getting into AFL because they saw it coming. Yeah, now, They didn't do it for the money. They just saw that no one was ever going to support NRL ever again. Now, do you think the NRL are n- more nervous about where how many people can get to the game? Like, is it going to be a success? You know, how it will work out? Or yeah. do you think they're more nervous saying, we are sending 40 NRL players to <laughs> Vegas? <laughs> How many ways can this fucking go wrong? Yeah, well, what do you reckon the chances are? Because, you know, I imagine if you're a drug tester, mm-hmm. uh, you're probably going to be waiting at Sydney and Brisbane airports and you go, this is unbelievable. They got rerouted to Perth <laughs> and they're driving back across the three days to get it out of the system, yeah. I'm just saying, maybe it is. And you go, it's just coincidence. That yeah. is a pure coincidence. The plane was going to land in Sydney. Sorry, Asada, Wada. We just happened to land in a different airport than the one we mentioned to you. Look, guys, it just turns out that everybody who played in that game suffered a concussion. So they just yep. have to take a cruise ship back to Australia. <laughs> It'll take six weeks. It won't yes. be a problem. And the one thing we told them to help them get over the concussion is to shave their head <laughs> and their and their armpits, because that's just the way through. Oh, dude, uh, it's gonna be nuts. It's gonna be nuts. Hey, there's a little curious fact here about um, maybe Adelaide's uh, new home they want to build. Yes, I was reading this article about the Crows' potential new homes of uh, Thebiton Oval and Kings Reserve. So I, I don't I, obviously, you know, we are Melbourne people, or you're up at. Uh, Rod Carter Studio, so I don't know a lot about the potential. But you know Thebiton Theatre? I do know the Thebiton. So you figure it'd be near there, yeah. I have performed near there. Yes, well, I did work that out, and I appreciate you pointing that out. There's been a a few sticking points about this new um, 
complex that they want to build over in Adelaide. One of the first things that they really struggled with is in the late 1990s, Michael, this is how old some of these trees are mm. that have been planted there that have caused a bit of an issue about the uh, new training grounds that they had to get rid of some of these trees to put um, to put up this new training ground. Yep. And some of these trees, Michael, are up to, can you believe this? They're up to 23 years old. Like that is, no way. you can't just chop you, that shit down, you, you know? You can't be touching that. I mean, that just shows the historical significance <laughs> of Adelaide or, or yeah. you know, South Australia, the great people of South Australia. Like to have a trees that are 23 years old, it's almost barbaric to chop them down. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're there for future generations. Yeah. Like if you replant it now... It would take up to, what, 23 years before those trees would reach the same level yeah, I mean, as what those trees are now. Those trees just had their 21st. Like, you know, they yeah. had their family over, they had their friends, they did a, did a shoey, they got a little key. They got a key. Yeah. They got a key yeah. for their 21st. Uh, okay. you, you can't one be, of those you know. big One of those big keys, you can do a massive bump of ket off if you so desire. Yeah. I mean, it's your 21st, yeah. do what you want, you know. Yeah. So these trees are up to 23 years of age, but the Crows and the state government, they reached an agreement that ensured just one of the trees would be raised. Just chop down one of them. So yeah. I imagine in the ground that they want to build, they're going to have uh, five trees in the middle of the ground. Yeah. So I think that's good for, you know, making sure your kicking's accurate and you're, you know, you're weaving between. Well, okay, you say that. So out of 10, they said only one would be raised. But then it goes on to say, uh, as part of the sentence, it says, as well as five considered to be of less importance. So... What you're saying is it wasn't one. <laughs> Six trees were cut down. They're going, fuck, that's a big one. Those other five, they're not as big. Cut them down anyway. Gotcha. Fuck them off. So one important tree was cut down and then five yeah. losers were cut down as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gotcha. So they've gotten rid of those. Um, but now, the thing that I found quite interesting about this is the ground was built on, um, it used to be a, what was known as a pug hole. So a former mined clay deposit area. So it was obviously a quarry. They used it for bricks. They filled it in. And then what I loved was that in the 1980s is they filled in the uh, former quarry, and I think it might have been used as a tip. But then uh, in the 1980s, when it was used as a car park, that sinkholes were created because it was filled in with cars. The cars rusted, and then the roofs oh, collapsed. collapsed. Causing sinkholes around uh, which they would rope off and then people would have to park around it. Can you imagine going into a car park and they're like, hey, mate, you can't park there. Dude. There's a huge sinkhole. And you're like, oh, right. So where I'm parking, going to be fucking fine, is it? Yeah, sure. And then also on top of that, uh, legend has it that there's an elephant buried under the ground. Now that I love. <laughs> so that, I want to know what's so gone wrong that you've got an elephant. And also the fact that it is, they go, it's just a room and you're like, you know what? There's a lot of smoke. There's fire. There's a fucking elephant that's died there, isn't it's it? It's very hard to bring up that fact, like without it actually happening. Like it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, when a, someone tells a story and you go, "It's so unique that it has to yes. be true," because you can't yeah. just make that up. Yeah. So I feel like an elephant from the zoo or maybe from a, c- yeah. a circus has taken, circus, it, has, yeah. yeah, it's, it's gone down, done an ACL. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's done. No, it's done four ACLs. Yeah, they've carried it off. You can't even yeah. do the thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> you can't do the trunk up. Yeah. <laughs> and so and, they've gone, okay. And I feel for the stretcher bearers back then. Yeah. Like, that's a fucking big ass. Yeah, they've given him the uh, morphine whistle. Yeah. Uh, and they've gone, mate, your time's up. You're going to, yeah. okay, we're going to have to, you know, put the sheets up. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to bury you in a park. Uh, and yeah. then one day in the future, AFL players are going to run all over your head. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think that's funny. And also, I like the idea that, like, 
like we do know, like Elephant Burial Grounds, like that's that's part oh. of the problem why Simbo got in trouble in The Lion King. Like that was part oh, of sorry. part of his. I've been, I've been saying that because I'm an adult. Oh god! Uh, but <laughs> so Elephant Burial Grounds don't have a good representation in terms of like, you know, just they they, they they're symbolic of dispersing evil and you oh, know okay. ghosts and myths and right. yeah, like you don't you know if someone says come to an Elephant Burial Ground, you don't you don't do that. Yeah, okay. Uh, they're it's not a, a good spot. But Adelaide's yeah, going to be running right. around on the tracks over an elephant burial ground. I hope they, like, name, like, there's an elephant end. Elephant you know, end. Which way do you want to kick? I want to kick to the elephant end of the ground. Yeah, cool. Okay, we'll kick, yeah, I'll kick to Dumbo. And uh, you can <laughs> kick to, to uh, who's another famous elephant? Um, <laughs> who's a famous Tony Lockett. Hey! <laughs> Good callback, good callback. What I love about this too is uh, it says, so outside the training ground uh, is a heritage-listed former World War II air raid shelter. Holy shit. So you know what I I love about this is they've heritage-listed something that was never fucking used. You know what? It's not a fucking bomb shelter if it never copped any bombs. Um, I feel like they shouldn't be building on this property at all. Not only did it have, <laughs> you know, historic trees that are 23 mm. years old, it's got a historic elephant buried underneath it and it's got a bomb shelter down the road. I feel like Adelaide needs to find another place. What's wrong with Football Park? Just use Football Park, you know? Nah, it's too far away, mate. They want closer to the city. The players, they can't travel all the way to Footy Park. But you need the water. That is a very good point. Although, having said that, I did just mock the World War Two air raid shelter. But if... World War Three begins, which is probably very imminent, Michael. This could be our last podcast. The people, it would be, as an Adelaide uh, Adelaide Crow supporter and member, I would be very happy knowing that my players on any given day, once they've stopped kicking goals and kicking bananas at the elephant end, mm-hmm. to know that when the bombers are circling over Adelaide, that the players are going to be safe. The like they be will safe. be the one. Re- yeah. yeah, they'll be the one remaining club in Australia. Um, if I remember correctly, I think I saw a fact this week. I think it might be Sweden or one of those Scandinavian countries, and they have, mm. I think it's Sweden. They have, um, no, I think it's Switzerland actually. Uh, they have enough bomb shelters to supply the entire country, the entire population. So. For a country that doesn't want to get into war, if they do ever get into war, get bombed, they have enough room to put everybody underground and protect them. See, if you know that, right, if you know you've got those bomb shelters, fucking get into the fight, mate. Like, you can fucking, you know, throw a few haymakers and then just you know, the Run whole away. population is underground. Yeah. No, I've, I mean, we've been strong about about the Swiss for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, footballers in real life? Hit me, man. I've got one. I saw uh, Dylan Buckley... This would be probably uh, early December, I reckon, uh, in the elevator at the ABC at South Bank. Oh, there you go. Did you talk to him? I didn't know. We'd actually gone out. We'd done a, a, a what do you call it, a practice fire escape thing. They sound the alarm. Fire drill. Fire drill. That's the word. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an old man. I know more words. Um, so we'd go. We went out to like the the safe location for like you yeah. know five minutes as I have a chat, and then they let you back in. And I saw Dill in the uh, in the elevator there. Um, I'm going to say maybe he's like you know hanging out with Tony Armstrong or something. Oh, okay, yeah, that you know, would that make kind sense. Kind of put together, yeah. Yeah. Um, from Edward, uh, huge football in real life. Recently went to a pub crawl with mates in Melbourne and decided to suggest we see a gig as they live in the country and don't see much out there. 
Wow, that is a big call after a pub crawl. Like that is that is going all in on the day. He is maximising every moment he has in Melbourne. So after about seven or eight hours of pub crawling, which was mainly at craft breweries, in brackets, no chicken salt beer, unfortunately. It's a shame. Uh, we got last minute ticks to some band called Kite String Tangle. Do you know them, Adam? I do not. Uh, who maybe one of us knew of at Growler in Brunswick. Uh, howler. He means Howler. Ah, okay. We yeah. walked into the band room only to see none other than nearly relaxed Foxwoody pundit Nathan Buckley near the entrance. Oh, there you go, Bucks, hanging out in Brunswick. What a hipster. He was dressed in pretty hipster-looking gear with a mixed drink, hanging out with his partner, uh, but giving the amount of IPAs I had, I decided to introduce myself. Here we go. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> that was a good Thank idea. you, mate. Thank you. Uh, he was an absolute gentleman. Nodding along politely to my many drunken ob- observations and questions about his career at 10pm on a Saturday night. He told me he had seen the band in Brisbane and wanted to see them again. He didn't provide any recent top fives, but I did then leave him alone to enjoy the gig, which was actually pretty good. Oh, there you go. Bucks hanging out. Can you imagine? Okay, so you're a retired footballer. Can you imagine the amount of bullshit conversations that you would have to suffer through? I was wondering that. Like, does Bucks... And I'm not saying Edwards was a bullshit conversation. No, 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 no. I know what you mean. I, I, I was thinking the same thing when I was reading it. I was like, does Bucks, en- Bucks enjoy that part of life or does he absolutely resent it? I, I'm going to say he enjoys it. Mm. I, I reckon as a footballer, I reckon there's probably a place where you reach, where you go, you know what, I'm at peace with it. It, it created my fame and now this is me giving back. There yeah. are players that you wouldn't do it. Like you're clearly not going up to Dustin Martin because you can't get through his, uh, quote, entourage that are looking after him. Yeah, yeah. But there are other players you're like, yeah, I'd go up, I'd have a beer, you'd say, mate, well played or whatever. And I reckon you can get a pretty good read on whether someone wants to talk to you or not. Yeah, I'm trying to think in the time of my life if I've gone up to people in a club. I remember Charlie Clawson and I... Uh, I think it might have been Charlie's 21st even. And we went up to Justin Peckett, was that his name? Played for St Kilda? Yeah. And it became very apparent within about um, <laughs> 30 seconds he didn't want to talk to us. And we'd probably had a few IPAs as well. And, uh, and yeah, and eventually I think, I think St Kilda and Hawthorne had played the day before. And we'll talk about that. And then he was like, oh, look, guys, I don't really want to talk about football. And he walked off. And we were like, okay, well, you know, fair enough. No, not fair enough, mate. You're Justin Peckett. Like, seriously. <laughs> it's fucking... Like, no one else is talking about <laughs> football. You were lucky to get fucking recognised in the first place. Clearly, it was a diehard St Kilda fan because no one from any other club is coming up to you and recognised. No one is sitting there at Howl or watching a band and go, fuck, is that Justin Peckett over there? <laughs> it's not fucking happening, mate. You're wrong. You should have spoke to them. I'm disgusted. No, I've turned around, actually. No, fuck you, Justin Peckett. You're on my fucking yeah, list exactly. now. You're on my fucking list. Yeah. So that is not good. Uh, from Heat Check Barbecue. Uh, saw Christian Petrarca joined the back of a long queue at the Nike store in South Melbourne, loaded up with a heap of gear. While us peasants were waiting our turn, they opened a register just for him. Like it. Uh, typical Melbourne elitist snobbery. Obviously, that's the kind of, that's that kind of me-first attitude that's behind <laughs> Melbourne's <laughs> recent cultural issues. There you go. We've found it. We've fucking <laughs> we found it. I want, I, want a, I want a press release from Simon Goodwin exactly. saying we don't condone him going to the register. You know what I hate when you're at the supermarket? Say you are in line yep. and you're like third in line and there's people, one person behind you, and then the next register opens up. 
and then the person behind you gets to go and you're like, I was waiting longer than them. They just got there, yet they can fucking hijack that line. That is fucking bullshit. Yeah, sure. I had one the other day where I was standing in line and it wasn't a particularly long line um, to go to the self-serve and um, the security guard, so he's like dressed like a cop yeah. and he starts waving at me to kind of beckoning to me and I'm like... What have I done? Like what? And he, what he meant was there was a checkout like about twenty meters down the hallway. You can go there. He and, hadn't seen. Yeah, and he was like calling me. It called me. I'm like looking, going like, what? Did, what did I shoplift? Like, check my pockets, going. Yeah. What did yeah. I put in there? Yeah, lamb chops down the front of your pants. <laughs> <didn't> you? <laughs> lamb chops. Uh, they're too pricey, mate. Too pricey. That's why you're fucking nicking them. <laughs> From Reese. I uh, hope the trade period hangover hasn't lingered too much, but now the 2024 fixtures are out. I, for one, am looking forward to the new season and the round 22 match between Premiership favourites West Coast <laughs> and North Melbourne in Hobart. I hear Southern Tasmanian weather is spectacular in August, so I'm guessing it should be I should pack light, correct? Yes. Anywho, uh, was down in Perth from the Pilbara in November uh, for some Melbourne Cup and spring racing action because I'm doing very well and have to spend some of that hard-earned resources money. (laughs) I spotted West Coast gold sneak, Liam Ryan, flying Ryan, uh, walking into a suit store at Westfield Carousel Shopping Centre. Also spotted ex-Fremantle and legendary Essendon top-up player Ryan Crowley at Ascot Remembrance Day races, strolling in and out of the owner's area. Ooh, doing very well for himself. I wonder if Ryan Crowley, when he's, like, talking to the jockey, yeah. you know, if he's connected to him, he's just up there, you know, just getting into him, fucking pinching him. Yeah, yeah. Just sticking with him. You just see you see it come across, like, uh, the horse comes across and Ryan Crowley's just running alongside the horse, just fucking elbowing it. I remember Gary just Abbott saying, I think, on Open Mic or something like that, that oh, maybe it was um, the, on the couch, but he said... So one of the weird things about Ryan Crowley is that he would talk to you like a human person. He said this on the front bar. Oh, did he? Front bar, was it? Yeah. 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 And so he's kind of like, hey, man, how do you like the Gold Coast? You know, and he's like, what? Yeah. No, stop talking to me like um, you're a human. Yeah. And he's going to him like, mate, you're my favorite player. Like, I really enjoy watching you. And <laughs> Ablett's like, yeah, this, okay, this is fucking freaking me right out. You kind of miss that kind of Ryan Crowley's of the world, don't you? They don't really exist a full on tagger anymore, do they? No. You know, I mean, kinda, although. Oh, your fucking low dog, Finn Callahan. Uh, what's his Finn name? Finn McGinnis, yeah. So there's a little, a little bit of him about he was kind of tagging the people. And uh, who was the coach who said that he wasn't going for the player? Wasn't going Did for the do, ball? Was it, was it Nick Daycott? Was it um, was it Fly McRae? It, maybe it was, yeah. Because I think he did try and it shut down a Daycott at some stage. Um Oh, maybe? I think it was. Yeah, no, might, I do, might, I do remember it was a coach goody, who said, yeah, if he... Yeah, I think you're right. He yeah. wasn't focused on the ball. Anyway, uh, from Jordan at Adelaide Airport. Lovely Adelaide Airport. Lo- I really enjoy the renovations that they've done to the place. It's quite yeah, they enjoyable. Have done a good job. Yeah, I actually landed last year there, and I hadn't been there for a while. And I was like, "Where am I at the right airport?" <laughs> <laughs> at Adelaide Airport, having a few densely frothing turns while waiting for our catch-up flight after being delayed several times and eventually cancelled. Oh, boo! Uh, we'll head down to the Elephant Burial, gra- burial uh, gra- <laughs> Graveyard. Uh, along walks a tall, handsome man with big ears and a man bun. It was none other than New Sydney Swan starting rock Brody Gundy, Grundy. Sporting a purchase of some form of technology, a backpack, he was travelling with a smaller blonde woman and heading to Sydney, I believe. Oh, there you go. He has, I mean, he's going to dominate up there, isn't he? What do you mean dominate? In terms of like dominate on the field or dominate in life? 
I think on the field. I think he'll enjoy being, you know, outside the uh, footy bubble. Yep. Although, having said that, now that there be no NRL fans and they're all AFL, they're probably... He'll regret moving to Sydney. Actually, I, yeah, I counter. You've, kind of moved, you've moved into the bubble, haven't you? You know. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't realise the shitstorm uh, that he's just moved into. But I think uh, it was never going to work him and Max Gorn alongside each other. You know, there's only one place that two greats can work, and the one thing, and that is this podcast. <laughs> Outside of that, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, sure. But I mean, it really depends. Like, if you can find his niche, like, uh, you know. If you can get involved off the field, uh, doing graffiti on the side of inner city cafes, like that's the real well, question. that's the thing. That's the question. Have for the Brody people of year. Marrickville and Newtown and yeah. uh, and more have they come to him and gone, Brody? We hear you're in town, dude. Yeah, we need you to do a fucking piece on the side of this cafe. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the real thing that's going to help him settle in. Yeah, uh, in Sydney, if you know, if maybe somewhere in Redfern, they go, hey, we got a mm. got a cafe. Doing macchiatos on the cheap. Mm. We just chuck up a mural of, you know, someone on the uh, on the wall. Yeah, do uh, Paul Ketty. Just do Paul Ketty. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Junk Timers, we're going to hit the road. Don't forget my comedy festival show, trybooking.com. We're going to hit the road. We are Junk Time Over Potter, Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, and the gram. Go home. Go baggers. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.